In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, the Bible is the very word of God and all scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness. The pages of scripture itself are filled with both words of law and gospel, both proceeding from the mouth of God, words of terror and words of comfort for us. And yet when many people read the Bible, they oftentimes avoid the difficult and challenging words and teachings. And they spend their time combing through and looking for the easy ones. They look for the things in the Bible that they can print on t-shirts or post online or hang on their walls at home. And these are the ones uh, that's the the depth of of their learning. And they look for churches that uh, also only focus on the nice things, the easy things, the things that they can readily accept without being challenged or having to change themselves. And they look for pastors who don't necessarily add or subtract from the word of God, but rather than Uh, uh, Rather, they look for pastors who simply choose to skip the difficult readings or those who choose to keep clear of those tough and hard to swallow, grueling words of God. Because after all, who wants to hear the kind of stuff that we heard in the gospel lesson for today? It might be that way in other churches, but as long as you have a faithful pastor... It won't be that way here. You need to keep in mind that the same one who spoke words of peace and love and joy and hope is the same one who spoke of sin, of hell, of death and the devil. And he did it to instruct us, to teach us and to warn us and to ultimately save us. So today it doesn't matter really if you want to hear this or not or if you feel like hearing it or not, or if you're prepared and ready to hear it or not, because whenever God speaks, you listen, and whatever he says, you hear. So pay attention even to his challenging and not-so-nice words that he has to say for today and learn what he teaches you. Jesus has such a difficult teaching for us to consider today. And you heard the gospel lesson moments ago. You heard the things he said. It says, flee to the mountains, talks of great tribulation, talks of false Christs and false prophets. He says, where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. And all of this is referring to the main event that he's talking about, his most colorful pair of words yet, the abomination of desolation. Sounds like a cheery topic for the day today. So what does it mean? An abomination is something that is so horrifying, something so filthy and disgusting that you, you want to run away from it. You, you don't want to be around it. So when you see something that's abominable, your first thought is to cry out, God, help me. And then desolation uh, means that it leaves things deserted and empty. There's no life, no people, no stuff just nothing. And so when something is truly desolate, it's been raised to the ground to look as if God himself has forsaken that place. So you have these two words, and when you add them together, you get this very powerful combination and this great and and potent uh, uh, imagery brought to mind. Jesus is warning us today of something so abominable 
that it leaves us desolate. Something so serious, something so heinous, something so horrifying that we can't afford not to pay attention to it. So what could possibly be this bad? To learn what he's actually teaching us today, Jesus points back to something that happened about 160 years before his own birth. It's the prophecy in the book of Daniel. Daniel prophesied that Israel would see something abominable. And there was, there was a pagan emperor named Antiochus Epiphanes, and he was the king of the Seleucids, if I pronounced that correctly. Uh, in hating God's people, he did the most sacrilegious thing that he could think of. He blasphemed God. He forbade the true worship of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And on top of that, he ordered his men to bring him a pig, an unclean animal, so that he could take it, place it on the altar, and sacrifice it, having its blood pour out in the holy place. And while he slaughtered the pig, he claims, I am God. And on the very altar, after all this is done, with the blood of that pig all over the place, on the very altar where God would forgive the sins of Israel and take their sins away, Antiochus tore it down and he built an altar on top of it dedicated to the false god, Zeus. So he desecrated the temple. This actually happened. Then in the gospel lesson for today, Jesus uses what happened then to teach them to heed his word in that moment because something terrible was about to happen again. Jesus warned his people again of something that would occur about a generation after his death and resurrection and ascension. It's the absolute destruction of Jerusalem, the end of Israel, the end of all this, the, 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 the temple. He prophesied that Israel would see nothing but desolation. And in 70 AD, Jesus' words came true. As the Roman general Titus not only slaughtered the people, but he also profaned the holy place and tore down the temple, not leaving one stone upon the other. So take note of what Jesus is teaching us about the abomination of desolation. <clears throat> Make note as to where this horror takes place. It doesn't take place in the world. It takes place in the holy place, in Christ's church. That means that as abominable as mass shootings and sexual perversion and the killing of infants all are, this isn't what Jesus is talking about. Because as sickening as it all is, it doesn't leave us desolate. Even in the midst of all of these horrors, we still have God's word and his promise of salvation to us. Even while all these things uh, swirl around us and happen around us, we still have God in our midst and he has not left us nor forsaken us. So even while we suffer through all of these abominations, God does not forsake us or turn his face from us. Believe it or not, Jesus is teaching us that there's something worse than all these things that you see around in the world. There's something that we Christians should learn to shudder, that we should shudder at over all other fears, something that we should be afraid of over all other abominations, something that is greater than all the problems with family or at work over all the dreadful things we feel in our hearts or grieve over. And what is it? 
It's the silencing of God's word and the church. It's the taking out of Christ's death and resurrection for our, our salvation from the sanctuary. The worst things that Antiochus and Titus did weren't the breaking down of the walls and the tearing down of the temple. It was the silencing the word of Christ from inside the church and that proclamation. And today, Jesus teaches us that there is nothing more abominable than removing Christ from his church. Because if we don't have Christ, then we are indeed desolate. We are truly without hope and truly without God. When Christ's work is silenced, then we're left with sins that are unforgiven. So to take out Jesus and his death for our forgiveness from the church is the absolute worst desecration of the holy place. It's an abomination that leaves us desolate. Jesus warns us of the terrible things that happened before his birth and after his resurrection. So that we would take seriously the things that are happening around us today. So that we might identify this abomination of desolation even among us. And so you might say, yes, of course, but this doesn't happen anymore. Nobody is slaughtering pigs on the altar and nobody's building shrines to worship Zeus. Right, this may be so. But more often than not, something worse is happening. And if you had eyes of faith to see it, you will. You see the souls of the innocent slaughtered with false teaching, with lawlessness, and with the ungodly permission to do whatever their sinful heart desires. The church is supposed to be the place where sinners find refuge, where they flee to God in the midst of trouble and of guilt, where they're taught to repent and trust in the words of Christ, where they're to receive from Jesus forgiveness and eternal life. Churches should be places where we recognize the ugliness of sin and where we receive the, the, the body and blood of Christ, uh, of our God, which erases the Father's judgment against us. That's what his holy place is for. But more often than not, you see nothing of it. East and west of us, you find churches that have silenced any mention of the death and resurrection of Christ in order to gain and maintain their numbers. You see them silence the, uh, the, the, the vicarious satisfaction of Christ uh, that were saved by grace through faith alone and they introduce good works and indulgences and merits and penance into salvation. You hear pastors who don't expose or address sins. You find that, uh, that, that when sin is never talked about, neither is God's forgiveness talked about. And instead of teaching you the words of Christ, no matter how difficult or challenging they might be, there's so many churches that will teach you whatever you want to hear instead. There are plenty out there who will cater to your wants. So, if it's a Jesus with no bleeding or suffering or dying that you want, then it's a Jesus without his life and salvation and forgiveness you will get. If it's a Jesus of acceptance and tolerance and niceness that you want, then it's a Jesus not from the Bible that you'll get. If you'd rather have therapy instead of hear God's word, or rather learn to love yourself as you are instead of repent, and if you'd rather hear some author's opinion instead of the truth, then you know where to find those things. Wherever you find these things, you will not find Christ because they have replaced him.
They have something else to worship, someone else. They've torn down his cross and his crucifixion and the gospel. They build an altar for themselves, for their egos, for their self-esteem. No matter how many people flock there, it's desolate because God isn't there. So the preaching of Christ and him crucified has been silenced and his forgiveness of your sins is not said in those places. And this is a sign of the end times. When churches abandon Christ, this is a sign that this world and everything in it has been coming to an end. The temptation we face, dear Christians, is the temptation to not take Jesus' words today seriously or to distract ourselves from them and think of other things that are more lovely and and happy, but to take Jesus' words and put them aside or skip over them or read over them quickly so we don't have to meditate on them or really take them to heart. It's the temptation to not heed the warnings of Christ. It's the temptation to avoid and ignore his word that is seeking to save us. It's the temptation to think that there could be anything worse, anything more abominable, anything leaving us more desolate than life without Jesus' forgiveness. This is the temptation we face day in and day out. To be afraid of other things, to be afraid of losing all things in this life, but to be indifferent and apathetic about losing Christ, about losing his word, to think it's eh, not that big of a deal. But if you know your sin and you see it before you every day, If you know that you need Jesus every single day of your life because you know that you are a sinner every single day of your life, that you've been plagued by sin and guilt since your moment of conception, then you know what to do. Your dear Lord urgently warns you to flee from false prophets who silence his word and promises, to flee from false Christs who give you a hope that he has not promised. So flee the abomination of desolation that denies or ignores the work of Christ's death for you. And flee the churches that tolerate sin and lawlessness, letting people live impenitently and in unbelief, not correcting any false teaching. And when you flee those places, then you go to the place where Christ himself is. You find him in his word that is preached clearly for you. You go to the place where his word is preached even the harsh words. You go to the place where God's word is not quiet and where the bitter suffering and death of his beloved son is not silenced. You go to the place where preachers preach the righteousness of Christ and his once and for all self-donation on the cross for your salvation. You go to the place where Christ pours out from his side his life for those who cry out for his mercy. You go to the place that gives out all of the things that Christ has done for you, your forgiveness, your life, your salvation. And in that place, you hear how your dear Lord took on sin upon himself how he willingly became the abomination of this world to the Father, how he suffered a complete and absolute abandonment and desolation on the cross, being forsaken by all so that you would be his own, so that you would be spared of the greater judgment to come. So learn of the great love he had to save you. And in that place, be washed of every transgression, by the blood of Christ, 
Be washed of all of your indifference and apathy towards the warnings and, and the, 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 the things that Christ says. And feed your hungering and thirsting soul with the blood of Christ. Dear saints, Jesus doesn't tell you all these difficult things and challenging words to lead you to despair. He tells them to you so that you would learn to take refuge in him. So that you would learn that there is hope and peace and love and comfort and nothing else in this world but only in his wounds. So don't avoid his words. Don't ignore you. Uh, don't ignore those words that he speaks to you. Rather, take those words to heart. When Jesus warns you of the destruction to come upon those who care less about his word, then you repent and you cling to the word all the more, knowing that word will save you from greater destruction. So don't fall into the same destruction of those before you. Repent of ever sitting at the feet of or supporting or listening to those who refuse to preach Christ's forgiveness in church. Uh, repent of thinking that it's an indifferent matter or something trivial. Flee from them and run to Christ. And cling to all of his words, even the ones that are not easy to hear. Do this knowing that the same Jesus who speaks these words of abomination and desolation is the same Jesus who speaks words of eternal life into your ears. Is the same one who has won your salvation with his flesh. The same one who calls you precious in his sight. The same one who will never leave you nor forsake you. So cling to Christ who saves you from all harm. Cling to his word and let no care of this life, no false teacher or false Christ, and no impenitence silence the word of Christ for you. As long as you have Christ, you're safe from any desolation and harm. With every word that comes from his mouth, he'll protect you against every assault from the evil one. Hear the words of the hymn we sang. From God's joy can nothing sever, for I am his dear lamb, he my shepherd ever. I am his because he gave me his own blood for my good by his death to save me. Now in Christ, death cannot slay me, though it might day and night trouble and dismay me. Christ has made my death a portal from the strife of this life to his joy immortal. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.